All right, welcome into this week's Ozone podcast from the NFL a Scouting Combine in Indianapolis. And we're joined by, you know, all Jaguars fans know him. Most of them love him. It's uh, former Jaguars most, most running back. <laughs> and, and you've already heard the voice. Uh, Maurice Jones-Drew. I only get for, most? Not all? Well, you know, Some people don't like me. Some maybe one or two. Dang, what I do? Most of them dislike me. Almost all of them love you, so that's okay. fine. Okay. I, mean, I guess all is a lot. I try to be like 98%, though, most of my stuff. Well, that's fair. Okay. I'm okay with that. You always sign for everybody, so they love you. I try so, to. Most. Tell me your feelings watching this team this year. You know that's what? That's going to be the first thing. We, uh, yeah. I talked to you late in the season on drive time. So but. so excited for this team. Um, I got a chance early in the year before they hired Doug Peterson to sit down with Shot and kind of just over the phone. We talked for a couple hours, just kind of what was going on. And, you know, he was – I just wanted to give him my opinion, mm-hmm. right? As someone in the in the national media that has, you know, resources, probably some like he or less than he, he has. But, but a different will, perspective. Yeah, people will tell right. me something that they won't tell him. And uh, I just wanted to give him, you know, my take on kind of the situation, especially after what happened with Urban. And, and um, you know, he was like, well, look, you know, we, these are the guys that we have. And I threw out some guys and we chopped it up for a couple like, couple hours. And, um Really excited on what, what he was thinking about and who he was listening to um, and his decision process of it. And so uh, when they hired, when the Jags hired Doug Peterson, I thought that was one of the best hires you could have um, because you needed that coming from – it's kind of like it's not polar opposites, but it is polar opposites, right? Like Doug is not from as – Urban? Yeah. yeah. It's polar. What I, what I mean by <laughs> polar is it's, you're still held to a high standard. Right. But the way it comes across isn't like is um, – I don't know what the word is, but it's collegiate. Yeah, collegiate or as aggressive, right? Right, um, and then you get the aspect of you get a guy who who's won a championship, so he has credit already pulled in. You get a guy who's played in the National mm-hmm. Football League. You get a guy who's coached some of the best players, has been around some of the best coaches, uh, and a players' guy, right? And I, I know he's a, I, I don't know if he still does the ice cream thing, but like that was just something light that kind of lightened the room when right. Trevor. Uh, I know when he did his introductory press conference, Trevor was there like, all right, let's go get some ice cream. Right. Like those are things that – because this is supposed to be fun. Something right? relatable. Yeah, relatable, right? right? And it just – it kind of allows you still to be a person and not, you know, just a coach, right? And so that was – I would think that was a huge process. And and not only that, um, Doug came into a situation where he had to – he had to rehab a lot of mentality, the mentality, mm-hmm. right? There was so much trauma from the year before of all the things that was going on that we, we heard about that came out in the national media. And I know there's a lot of things that probably didn't come out in the national media at the time um, that came out later, but there was a lot of rehabbing of mentality and trust and therapy and a lot of things that and you had to have a coach that was willing to do that. And that sounds easy, but it's you not. were a player and it's not. Because oh, it's you not got easy to build trust and you guys aren't, uh, yeah, it's don't hard always to, trust. No, well, yeah, like, you know, you have to have those uh, – Something has to happen for me to see and trust and believe in mm-hmm. you. Um, and so I, I think, again, Doug came in and he did an awesome job of just getting Trevor Lawrence. And, and the one thing I, I, I truly believe, I talked about this with uh, Ashad, was that, you know, your quarterback, you have a young quarterback. you got to put as many resources around him as possible. And what I meant by that was he needed a quarterback coach. He needed an O.C., he needed a head coach that that new quarterback play. Mm-hmm. He needed a guy in the room that's played. I mean, he needed guys that you can lean. Hey, here goes a number you could call this guy too to help you because he's a young guy, right. and they're so impressionable at that point, especially in the in, in, in our NFL. That he, you know, there were some times in the in the season. I, and I'll tell you this is crazy. I remember this. 
is in London. They run sprint right option. Mm-hmm. He throws a pick. Yep. And people were tearing him up about it. And the thing about it was that was a great opportunity for Doug to go in and there be the therapist, right? Mm-hmm. To go in and help him work through that. They come back the next week, I think, against the Texans, and they run the same play. Right. But guess what he does? Throws it out of bounds. It Makes wasn't the right there. Right. He made the right decision. And Believes so in his guy. And that is and that to me was the most important thing of the season. Okay. That that those two plays were more important than the Chiefs game. They were more important than anything else because you allowed Trevor to make a mistake. You coached him through it. You didn't berate him. You didn't beat him down. Or whatever you did to make him feel comfortable, then you called it again, and he mm-hmm. made the right play. Right now, now we can work on. Now we can move on to the next thing. Right. And so that's what you started to see throughout the season with everybody, though. Mm-hmm. But that was just obviously one example. Then you started to see the defense. Right, the defense was giving up some here, or there. They played well. They're back and forth. Then they started to tighten down a little bit. Um, you started to see guys show up and make plays, and guys are excited to come to work. And you started to hear all these positive things come out, and that's what. A head coach is. I always tell people, as a head coach, you know, yeah, you can be a play caller if you mm-hmm. want to, and, and I mean, some a lot of guys do that, and you hire guys for that. But it's the big picture with that guy. It's the big yeah. picture. It's the it's the the coach, the mentor, the therapist, the the problem solver, uh, making sure that you know everybody is on the same page from the training staff, the equipment staff, the medical staff, like everything. Right. You have to have a, a a program vision, a program builder, which is what they thought they were getting with Urban, right? Um, but you now have that in Doug. And to see, you know, to add the right pieces in free agency, to work with uh, Trent Baalke and add the right pieces and to be able to utilize those guys the right way. And, and you know, I, to me, that was that's huge. You mentioned talking to Shad for a long time last offseason. Tell fans maybe something about Shad uh, that you learned during that. Uh, you know, there's a perception sometimes that he's not engaged with the team. And <laughs> it it couldn't be... It, it couldn't be farther yeah. from the truth, but it, it's been out there in the past. From your conversation with him. Uh, it's not my first one either. Like, he, we've had multiple conversations. His like level of commitment, share oh, that with us. I, he wants to win, and he'll do whatever it takes to win, and you've seen that. Um, with the Urban Meyer situation, giving them the big contract, you know, building the uh, facility that they're mm-hmm. building right now, like all those things are to do whatever he feels is necessary to win. When he first came – to Jacksonville, and I, I'll get into the conversation we had, but the first building, or the first time he came to Jacksonville, he built the whole locker room. Right. Switched everything up. Yep. Right? It looked like a spa. Like, he told us, like, mm-hmm. listen, my job is to make you as comfortable as possible to perform at your best. Um, and then talking with him, it's it's not only that part of it as a, from a player side. Now, coming from a, a media side or someone that's trying to help build or whatever it may be, um, he listens. Okay. And I think that's the most yeah, important. When you yeah. have a lot of money, you don't listen to a lot of. At least I wouldn't, right? I, I or barely don't, listen. You do have a lot. I of barely money. no, not as much as him. <laughs> I barely listen to people now with the little money I have now. But <laughs> if I had his money, I wouldn't listen to anyone. But to listen yeah. and and to try to understand and to try to take what you're hearing, all this information you're getting, and then be able to make a a sound decision. Mm-hmm. It's tough to do, and so that to me is everything, right? Like he. He wants what's best for his guys. And we talked about it. He was like, I don't want to have the number one pick ever again. Right. And I was like, I get that. But right now you do. So let's figure out who the best <laughs> player is and let's like make this thing work to, to build this roster the way it needs to be. Um, and, you know, in my mind, again, this is me. I told him, I was like, I wouldn't be ashamed if you had the number one pick again. 
Right. I, I just want to acquire as much talent as I can at this point because right. so, so much was, you know, people have depleted this roster. Every time you have a new GM, a new head coach, a new something, it's, it's turnover, yeah. right? And so there's so many times that guys have turned over from Jalen Ramsey to Calais Campbell to Yannick Ngakwe to to Leonard Fournette. All these guys that you had that were that are really good players mm-hmm. and won elsewhere. You had right here in the right. building. And so it's like you want to keep those guys and find a way to keep those guys and have that consistency. But it all starts with picking the right guy, right? you got to pick the right head coach first. Mm-hmm. And then the right head coach has to be able to handle, you know, different personalities and different expectations. And they, you know, have to be able to smooth over some things and know how to push and lean on people. Um, and so that was like that was the big topic. But to me, the biggest thing was he wants to win. And he's been learning throughout right. talking to different people what it takes to win and it takes longer to be a good nfl owner than people realize i've always thought it, 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 it's a hard thing because they come in and they haven't done this before well i always i always go back to to bill belichick and the patriots i, I remember i was in uh the front office one time we were playing and i looked up on the wall because I, I wasn't a big like nfl fan growing up um i looked up on the wall and they were like they're selling the patriots in 1994 right like are you kidding me right right like yeah. And then Robert Kraft buys them, and he's supposed to be moving them, and they're mm-hmm. talking about them moving. Yeah, it was then chaos all, for a while. Right, yeah. it, was, it was a lot of chaos. And then all of a sudden, boom, got the right coach, got the right quarterback, things took off. All of a sudden, you're a pretty good owner. Right. You're a great owner, right? right? And so, to me, it takes time to get that. And, and what, Sean's on the team since, what, 10 years now, 11 years? Yeah, 2012. To, right, yeah, 11 so, so 11 years, and it takes time to do that. Um, and, and so, over time, you're going to learn, and you're going to learn the business. He's a very smart guy i mean i don't everyone probably knows his backstory he's very smart understands uh a lot of different things and we've had conversations about that as well um this is just a different business sure and it takes time it takes you know time to be successful and he's done a great job of being patient one um and learning from his mistakes learning from others mistakes and then learning from his successes as well i want to ask you some team specific stuff because it struck me when we talked to you in, in in january it struck me you really followed this Jaguars team. Always, you followed them closely, and it, you, you, you were down in in the weeds with them a little bit. Tell me your impressions of uh, Travis Etienne, and how much better can he get? Because the feeling around the franchise is there's a lot of room for growth there. Oh no question. I, I think. I well, first I'll say this: the, to draft him might have been the best thing that Urban did. One of the okay. best things. One of the best things. I think he did some other good things as well. Well, you're a running back, so you thought that. No, I just thought that. Yeah, they should have taken him one. No, 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 no. I thought they should have <laughs> took Trevor one. But I think when you have a guy like that, it's important to take a guy that helps him feel comfortable, mm-hmm. right? Then a guy that a check down that he can feel comfortable. A guy he's used to handing off those those things matter, mm-hmm. right? Then getting him and then getting a guy from Alabama, him and a guy from Michigan. Then you have to work on their chemistry. They already right. have that, right? And you're trying to build that program, that winning culture that they had at Clemson. You're trying to build that here. So I thought that was awesome to start. Then he hurts his foot. Um, and so I was a little concerned because that was the injury that kind of took me out. Sure, right. right? Um, the difference is he was younger, right? Right. Didn't have many miles on his body, and he had a whole off season to train because mm-hmm. he was very thin when he came in. He right. wasn't as big, as bulky as he is now. Yeah, he's a lot um, more of an aggressive. He's bulkier, and he can handle. Yeah, he can handle. He can handle the contact. You could tell by you know he still gets hit sometimes. But so my thing about him is he's explosive. He can take it to the distance anywhere, which you want, uh, which which threatens the defense. He catches the ball out of the backfield. Um, I think that he's getting much better on the short yardage running. Mm-hmm. I think he can get better as short yardage goal line guy. Um, I think he, he's done a really good job in pass protection. He could get better at that. 
Um, and I think as the season goes along and the way they run the ball and how they run the ball, um, he's not going to take many just head-on collisions, right. right? It's not eye formation downhill. It's more zone. And that fits what he did in college, and that fits what he does now. And so, to me, you're just going to get a better player, a better product, a better pro um, as you continue to develop him, right? And that, what I love about what they do, they, they're not afraid to put those guys anywhere on the field. Right. He'll play receiver. Mm-hmm. They'll have Christian Kirk in the backfield. Right. That puts a different stress on the defense. And so the, when you have a guy like that, as long as you can continue to develop him, that's good. And it reminds me back in 2007 when I was coming out or when I was in the league, I was at, they were like uh, Kennedy Pola and Dirk Cutter were like, hey, we want you to go learn to play wide receiver. Okay, right. And I'm like, dude, for what? Like, right. And they were like, well, we want to try to find a way to get you and Fred on the field at the same time and all these different things. It might have been 2006, actually. Oh, whatever year it was. Anyway, first year was 06. It was yeah, so it might have been. Right. It probably was. It, I think it was seven then. It might have been seven. I don't know. But anyways, I spent that whole offseason running routes and learning, okay. being with receivers and guys that I've known and trying to figure out a way. And then the, it, it put me in a position where I could touch the ball. It became about touches and mm-hmm. not carries. Right. And I think that's where you're going to see Travis's growth become huge because it's not about 20 carries, 25 carries. It's about getting him in the open field and getting him touches, getting him in space. And let him be able to do what he, he kind of did at Clemson. So that, to me, is is what I'm excited to see from him and how they develop him going throughout. How much better can this offense get moving forward? Doug in his second year, Trevor oh. in second year under Doug. You have Calvin Ridley uh, most likely right. coming in. Waiting um, on that. We're waiting on that. Yeah, you know offense. I do. How much I, better can it be? I, <laughs> it's so funny. I don't want to give away secrets, but I, who cares? Jags fans know this. They see it all the time. The one thing I've learned throughout my career, and, and I coach now, I coach in high school and I coach youth football, is the, simple, the, simpler, it, the simpler it is, the faster your guys play, mm-hmm. right? They don't have to think. Um, I run seven plays with my little kids. In high school, we're trying to cut it down a little bit, but we're, we're running a lot of plays, so I'm trying to cut it down a little bit. Literally, I, I've seen Doug run ten plays. Right. Literally ten plays out of different formations. And what it does is your quarterback sees the same pitcher over and over. Right, just make it look o- different. It just looks defense. different to them. Right. And you started to see, and that's why in the second half of the, the, the season, it just started to click. Mm-hmm. And now, so you have those, whatever, how many ever plays they ran. Now you can kind of expand on that this year, maybe add five or six, seven more maybe, right? right? And then grow. And, and, and to me, that is the most important thing. Now it's going to be important to get Evan Ingram locked in because I think that piece of tight end puts, again, when you look at Doug Peterson's offense, you look at the Chiefs, you look at the Eagles, all the guys that run a very similar offense, they stress the defense so bad. Mm-hmm. Like, the, what the Eagles did where they, they – Jalen Hurts can run. That's a different stress. Right. You got A.J. Brown, Dallas Goddard, Devontae Smith, Miles Sager, all these guys. That you, how do you account for right, one you guy? You third and two against that yeah, team. Who's quarter, now we're going to go quarterback sneak. Right. And I think with uh, the Jags is Evan Ingram at wide receiver – He's actually a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. But you have to cover him like a tight end because you don't have enough guys to cover the right. other three guys who are on the other side. Right, you have to make choices. Yeah, you have to make choice. You have to show your hand. And so you're, it, it, obviously it helps my quarterback you know, play faster because now I can eliminate, is it man or zone? Do you have a corner over Evan Ingram? Right. Do you have a, a linebacker or a safety? If you do, we'll right, take, you know. we take right. our shot, right? Tennessee. That was the right. whole Tennessee game uh, where we saw them come alive. Mm-hmm. was that Tennessee played man-to-man, and they put a safety or a linebacker on him, and he torched them. Okay, we'll take that all day, right. right? Then that opens up our running game, right? And now all of a sudden, 
now you're focused on him. Now I have Christian Kurt in the backfield. Now I'm getting him online. Like, so there were so many different ways they did things, but they ran the same plays pretty much over and over again. Right. And so that was – it was going into year two, you know, I know in the fantasy world everybody's excited about the Jags and all that's going on. But in, in just real life, to see the growth of them from the bye week mm-hmm. till the divisional game in Kansas City, each week you saw growth. When, even with losses, they were just getting right. better, getting better, getting better. Then they explode, and then they keep it going. And then that, that, that wild card game, I, I was like, that, that could have been the worst start you could have, <laughs> right? But the, if you, it's funny. If you notice, they ran the same plays in the second half. Right. It didn't change. They, they just, just did it. Right. They're just like, here, you just got to execute better. And they just went right but down the field. you were the, the only one picking them at halftime still. I picked them. You know, I was picking against them. Uh, and, I, and that's probably why the, you said most Jag fans, a lot of people were on me about it. But it was a, it was a, it was a Jaguar thing. It was something we had to do right. to get to where we needed to get to. And I was willing to sacrifice uh, my likeness, I guess, <laughs> uh, with the fan base. But um, – it's it, you. I saw what they were trying to do, and I saw the throws that were being made or weren't being made, and it was like it was just like it's there. It was there. Yeah. It wasn't that it was. It was just it was there. And so, to me, it was like, okay, you have this. If you can connect, and, and they connected right before half, and I was like, oh, yeah, this is where it starts. You you stole the momentum back, and they just kind of went down and did their thing. Tell me about you. Where are you at? You in good shape? Yeah, I'm, you know, working out. So I've been been down a little bit just because of Uche, you know, and then obviously Vinny early on, Manawai, both those guys passing. Sure, like, yeah. you know, guys I play with, they're all the same age, so that that's always scary. But uh, getting back in shape, coaching my kids. Yeah. Big Jags fan because my boy, all my my family's all big Jags. Okay, fans, gotcha. So, right, gotcha. Like, so the kids were into it this year. Oh, my God. My, oh, my oldest son, he's been getting drugged for years. Fantastic, and so yeah. you know we're in the we're in the Niner territory. So we have all these Niner fans. Right. They always talk bad about him, but he got his get back this year, That's which fantastic. is good. Yeah. So that was always exciting to see. Um, I'm here scouting uh, just for the network, talking about all the running backs. Okay, uh, good thing the Jags don't have to draft one, so we're not worried about that. They may draft one late. Sure, I think. I mean, I know they signed uh, J- Jermichael Hasty, but I still think they may need another guy. So they may get one in the sixth or seventh round or something, um, and then. Really, other than that, I'm traveling the world, hanging okay. out, working with NFL International, trying to grow the game okay. overseas, which is nice. I've been uh, in Africa, possibly going to Australia soon. Fantastic. So just doing my part on the game that helped me. Yeah, good deal. Yeah. Maurice, I always enjoy talking to you. I can sit here and talk to you for hours. Hey, so I, got, I have nothing I but pre- time today, man. We're, <laughs> you're lucky. I appreciate it. And Maurice Jones-Drew, thank you for joining the Ozone Podcast here from the Combine. No problem. Appreciate you, buddy.